Hello and welcome to the latest uh, podcast from writeforyourlife.net. I'm Ian Broom, uh, founder and writer person at Write For Your Life, and I'm joined by regular podcast contributor, poet and all-round communications buff, Manuela Boyle. Hello, Manuela. Hello, Ian. Now, we've not had a podcast for a while, and I've said that before, but we are going to resurrect the podcast, and uh, this is the first one of a new series, let's call it. Uh, let's call it the first of a new series. That sounds like it's important, doesn't it? And the idea is uh, to have a quick 10-minute podcast. We're going to choose one theme, and we're both going to talk about the theme and talk to each other about that theme um, in terms of writing, of course, um, and see how it goes. Not lots of planning. Sit down, pick a theme, talk about it. And then at the end, we're going to, talk, we're going to do a little feature called My Favourite Thing, where we'll briefly talk about uh, something that we've seen this week or read or heard or whatever it might be. How's that sound, Manuel? All right? I'm particularly excited about the favourite thing, because it's a good one this week, Ian. <laughs> well, let's start off as we mean to go on, eh? Right. Um, who wants to talk about place first? Do you want to go first, or shall I go first? Well, I think you've got a bit of a story, a bit of a personal story to tell about place, so I think you should kick things off, <laughs> Right, OK. Said. That makes it sound more interesting and sordid than it actually is, but um, <laughs> never mind. Um, OK, place. Now, I want to talk about place uh, because um, my novel... Um, is very clearly set in um, a northern UK, this is England, uh, uh, mining town. But I never explicitly say that that's where it's set. So in terms of place, I, I, I never give it a name. I never give uh, the town a name, and I never give uh, the, certainly the city. I, I never really embellish on where it is, um, apart, from, apart from, I guess, the feel of it and, 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 and what takes place. I talk about open-cast mining so that it gives it, uh, it gives it a setting of sorts, but I never actually give it a name. Um, and that's something that um, uh, John McGregor does really well. I'm reading John McGregor's Even the Dogs, which is his latest novel. But uh, more famously, he did, that, he, he did this in um, If Nobody Speaks of Remarkable Things, which is a beautifully written book. And this is about a community of, of people. Um, and it's very clearly that this is a, a, a community of people that's... And, and again, this is sort of set in the north. But you're never, you're never told that. We only know that because obviously it's, it's come out... It's come out later. So it's that, it's that idea that through your writing, you can actually create a setting and create, create a sense of place, a sense of community, a sense of being somewhere without actually referring to it as, as a, uh, its name or giving it, giving it a name. And um, yeah, I find that's, that's the first thing. When we, when we said we were going to talk about place, that was the first thing I thought of, that kind of how do you actually define a place? How do you actually write about a certain place and, 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 and make it feel like a place unless you actually, you know, tell people where it is that you're writing about and it's it's a really interesting sort of um take on things a kind of interesting take on place because i mean in some ways it gives you a a, a sort of literary freedom doesn't it um whereby you feel that you don't have to name names you don't have to sort of um relate things that happened in specific places you can just draw on your knowledge of a setting and use that really as material to kind of help inform um, where your characters are, what they do, and often um, actually sort of conjure up that place as a character in itself, which is a very common thing in literature and in sort of all sorts of art. Um, so, it, you know, it gives you that freedom because the other thing I think that can happen in terms of place is that if you sort of set your novel in Sheffield or you set your novel in um, in London Fields, then actually you've got a sort of burden of accuracy there. That's true. Very similitude. That, that means that if you get something just slightly wrong, that actually a, you might get a barrage of sort of um, disgruntled readers, well, not actually uh, being very disgruntled, just being pedantic, sort of saying, oh, well, it, you know, 
that pub's not called that anymore or exactly it's different so exactly people have and the reason i chose not to uh, not to give my setting a, a name was because i felt that it would bring with it lots of preconceptions and and, and the novel's really character driven it's it's all about the character and the events it's a very close it's very i wanted it to feel uh, slightly claustrophobic, and I just felt that if I would, if I said exactly where it was, or I, or I provided a name, even if it was a fictional name, I just thought it would it would bring with it certain preconceptions that I didn't really want to uh, have or have the reader have the reader feel. Anyway, that's, then, a very, that's a very strong reason not to not to do it, not to name your place, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But we're going to keep these bad boys short. So let's go. Let's move on to your uh, discussion about place because that's that's my little tidbit. Uh, so, uh, what did you I can't come up with? You're trying to shut me down. Oh, no, I, well, you say, I mean, shut <laughs> you down. No, you're right. I am trying to shut you down. <laughs> well, okay then. Um, Successfully, go yeah, on. I just, want to, I want to say, to, <laughs> it did work. I just want to say two things, really. The first thing is, is that um, I think what you describe in not naming your place actually um, cites it in a bit of a tradition that you can see in sort of a lot of 18th and 19th century literature. Um, sort of Jane Austen, Thomas Hardy, I'm thinking of in particular, whereby um, they didn't name places. They they sort of used that quite amusing and sort of feels very quaint technique of Dash Shire or mm. Mrs B Dash, yeah. which you know obviously is, has a real sort of charm to it. But actually, from what I understand, um, that's part of the sort of tradition of the epistolary novel whereby they wanted to sort of make writers wanted to make things sound a bit diaryish to give it that that um sense of um authenticity that actually someone's writing diary entries obviously which obviously was a big pursuit yeah. um akin to novel writing um in 18th 19th centuries but these days another reason why people don't name place i suppose is kind of for for libel reasons it's that whole thing of <laughs> not true. wanting to kind of say well this was this pub in Sheffield where this person kind of did this to me and they said this, um, which, you know, is a bit unfortunate. But I think I, I like your reason better that actually your novel's so character driven and it's about the character that you don't want the city to become a character. Um, and my second point um, <laughs> is just about a writer, I suppose, that, that I really like um, and who conjures place in a, a kind of very powerful way. And that's J.G. Ballard, um, his novels. I mean, he's one of my favourite writers, but the way he conjures a sort of um, Surrey and, and, and outer London from the sort of 70s and, and deities and, and, and later than that is just extraordinary because the, in their setting place, it becomes a sort of um, the engine of, of, the, of the narrative of the writing, you know, his sort of dystopian kind of vision of what the, the sort of outskirts of London was like. That's, I, I have no doubt that as he walked around... I mean, he lived in sort of, I think it was um, Hampton Wick. No, not Hampton Wick. Shep um, Shepperton, just sort of south of London. So he walked around those quiet, leafy streets of Shepperton um, and then sort of entered into London using the sort of motorway network, living close to Heathrow. I mean, that for him was undoubtedly the inspiration behind his and kind of... And that's Bruce kind of vision of 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 Britain at that time. So that's pretty much the opposite of what I'm saying uh, of, of my example. Really, I'm saying I'm saying that my novel and, and, and John McGregor's novels um, emit place, emit, emit the name of a place altogether, and yet still create that create that sense of uh, of setting of, of, of what sense of place. Um, and on the other hand, uh, Ballard and and I think Dickens, he was good as well. I mean, it was set yeah. in London, and it was about London. It was it was that that was it was a 
it was uh, the, the setting, the place was a character in itself, and it was it was all about it was all about that that place. And if you hadn't, you, you couldn't possibly have not have not mentioned that it was in London because it was so obvious. I mean, it'd be ludicrous to to have not done. It's kind of does that make sense? It's like the opposite of, yeah. of what I was saying. It is the opposite, and it's good to you know to have this dialogue and sort of talk about kind of opposites because and there'll be more there'll be alternatives out there as well that I'm hoping that our uh, listeners will kind of share with us on on the blog kind of the authors that you like that um that had sort of conjure place in a certain way or or you know choose not to name a place because it's it's I think it's quite an interesting um discussion actually it is there's, there's absolutely in a lot of a lot of literature there's absolutely loads of uh, loads of things that I think that well that's the idea behind these podcasts, isn't it? We pick up the first thing that, that comes to our mind uh, when we when we think of a theme, and then hopefully everyone will fill in the gaps um, um, in the uh, in the blog comments or their responses. So we move on to our 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 feature, my favourite thing before we before we end this podcast. You yes, go you go first this time. What's what's, the, what's your favourite? Because mine's quite short, so I can finish with that. But what's your favourite thing? You've got you've got your um, your um, ending lines all sorted, haven't you? Your uh, kind of snappy <laughs> conclusion. No, I haven't. That, ma- that makes no, it sound I'm... far more planned out than than it really is. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's all about being put on the spot. Um, yes. So my favourite thing this week is um, a little story that I kind of picked up on uh, Salon, um, and it's about literary watering holes, which feels very relevant to the kind of topic of place. And it's such a sort of um, interesting story, really. It's a slideshow um, with a bit of sort of comments there. And really, it's about famous pubs that, that writers have frequented throughout the ages in different countries. Um, so I'm pleased to say, you know, here it's like I'm holding up my kind of uh, my, my writer's card. I have been to one of the 13 pubs on the list. Impressive. <laughs> Which, if you, I think it's really the rules. If you're a bona fide writer, you've got to be at least, have been to at least one of these places. And the place that I've been to is the Eagle and Child pub in Oxford, um, It's a beautiful sort of historic pub where J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis used to meet to talk about fantastical things. But Indeed. maybe they actually talked about having cups of tea as well. Who knows? I'm sure they did. They kind of discussed the quotidian as well as the sort of the great ideas that they were um, penning about at the time. Um, there's... You know, there's there's also kind of um, a great little Irish pub um, in this article that sort of that Joyce used to drink in, but um, I was a bit disappointed that it wasn't Bewley's Cafe. Are we, talk- uh, are we talking about James Joyce or just a friend of yours called Joyce? Uh, it's a friend of mine called Joyce. Silly, of course, it's James Joyce. Um, yeah, so I know that sort of um, W.B. Yeats and um, he used to sort of drink in Bewley's Coffee Shop, which is still standing in Dublin, which is a sort of lovely place to go and sort of soak up the kind of literary kind of feel um it would be anyway, it would be nice to know it would be nice to know if any listeners had uh, can beat your one out of 13 uh, pubs sure actually visited there's a full I list that are on the can. article i want to i want to know if you can beat it actually i'm so almost certain people... that I, unless it's somewhere in sheffield or where <laughs> i was born i would imagine that probably not <laughs> but um there's also another place in madrid that i'm still not sure if i've been to yet you know the year i spent there was kind of uh, fairly um Exciting, so I may or may may or may not have been there, but um, we'll put the we'll put the link on the on the site anyway, so you can have a look and kind of have a look at the kind of fabulous pubs that that writers have have met in over the ages, sort of all across the world. Um, and just one last thing to sort of put out there, really, which is, um, is it important for writers to have somewhere to meet? Is it, you know, has has the sort of idea of writers meeting in a pub, um, chewing the fat, having a drink with each other, talking about what they're doing? You know, there's some 
something really pure about that about that and, and just sort of taking yourself out of yourself to sort of meet a fellow writer or writers in a circle and in, in the pub and just sort of have a conversation and I, and I, it made me think and it's more of a question for everyone than, than something for us to decide now but um you know are there places that writers are meeting these days is that something that's in decline and if so what are we going to do about it well I, I guess a lot of writers are meeting online now a lot of I mean we're some writers, are, you know, they're not the most confident of people. So I think that I think that the, it's, yeah. uh, it's really unleashed. Uh, it's unleashed new communities, uh, the, the, the ability to chat online and talk online. But I do agree, you can't, you really cannot be sitting in a pub with someone else and having a chat about what you've been up to with the old pen and pencil. It's a, it's a special kind of a conversation. Too true. What's your favourite thing this weekend? My favourite thing. I'll make it very quick. I talked about this on my uh, on my uh, personal blog and my curated site on Tumblr, which is called Broomstick. Little advert for you there. Um, and this was the hate mail that I received this week. But it's relevant to Write for Your Life because the hate mail that I received mm-hmm. was after a, the post that I uh, posted earlier on this week about the iBook store and Apple. And this person took the trouble to sub- and a, a subscriber, so there's every chance that they might listen to this as well. And if so, I shall fight you outside. I won't really, because you'll probably win. Um, and yes, yeah, so I, I received my first uh, my, my first uh, uh, correspondence that was uh, was ludicrously uh, uh, critical and unpleasant. And I kind of it just got me thinking about first of all why why on earth people would take the trouble to do such a thing mm-hmm. over something so silly. But the main thing it was that it was over a company. It was over Apple, and it was something I'd said about about Apple. In fact, he was saying that I was. Um, Don't say it. I won't say it, but he's saying that I, I was extremely excited, rather too excited about Apple in general, uh, which is you know kind of half true, but but yeah, I got really worked up. So that was my favourite thing this week. It felt like it was I felt like it was a coming of age to uh, having been blogging for two years for someone to take all this that trouble to uh, fire up their email and and let me know that I'd upset them in some way or another. So that was my favourite thing, just a very small thing, and um, and. Um, and uh, yes, so we'll leave it at that. So that's the first, uh, the first of the new series of podcasts, Done and Dusted, where we talked about place and uh, our new feature, My Favourite Thing. If you listen to this, thank you very much. Well done. And, uh, and uh, do feel free to respond in the comments with your uh, thoughts on, on place when it comes to writing and, uh, and how, it's, how you approach it, I guess, and, how, and, and what you think about it. So uh, that's it. Thanks very much. Um, goodbye, Manuela. Goodbye, Ian. And we'll, uh, uh, we'll speak to you all soon.